Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Ellie Ennis who is the founding partner of 1111 Wines. She is also featured in Wine Country Women of Napa Valley. Ellie, I am so delighted to be with you today and have this great conversation. Thank you, Michelle, for this opportunity. It's been fun um, being part of Wine Country Women book, and I look forward to uh, seeing your other books that come out as well. Well, we've got a total of three out right now, so and two underway. We're a busy group, that's for Amazing. sure. You've got a pretty fascinating story and a pretty diverse career. Let's talk about what you did before that chance encounter on a flight from Paris to the United States. Sure. So my background is in... Um, a variety of different business started off with KPMG in finance and accounting and um, worked through there through large companies. So finance and marketing have kind of been the areas that I have worked with. Um, I, for years, I worked with uh, Taco Bell Corporate, which is a fantastic marketing company and learned a lot. I always say I got my MBA at Taco Bell. It was a lot, lot of hours and um, a lot of great, smart people that were very and are still very driven and who continue to be very much part of my social circle and um, kind of circle of influence in terms of, you know, brain, brain trust for marketing and things of that nature as I have gotten now into the wine business. But um, I think my business career in terms of the entrepreneurial nature of having my own consulting business for a while, as well as working with Resources Global Professionals, which is a large management consulting firm and, and going into various different industries and consulting with not necessarily having intimate knowledge in each one of those industries, but you have to be, as a business consultant, very nimble to understanding the nuances of every, every business, but then also um, being able to apply your business knowledge to that. So, you know, the segue into wine business and vineyard farming and so on and so forth felt very still natural, even though it wasn't an industry that I had done before. Um, because I'd done that with so many industries um, in my consulting business. Well, and you actually grew up on a farm. Yes, I did. I grew up in Nebraska, a small community of 1,200 people, western part of Nebraska called Baird. And there my father and, and mother raised myself and my three sisters. Uh, my father was a, a farmer, and, and uh, my mother was kind of a self-taught chef and designer she had always very creative side to her and they encouraged us to work hard go get our education and they sent us all to san diego and we all went to universities in san diego to further our career at which point they came to california as well and moved eventually to be alongside 
their daughters and and uh, we opened up a European market in Delhi here. So there's always been an entrepreneurial venture happening, even though I was in corporate um, companies and yeah, in corporate America. But then you had that chance encounter on a flight that changed your life forever. Well, so, you know, I am always somebody that's making connections. I, I believe in constantly, you know, bringing people together. And when I did meet, um, I did meet my friend Aurelian on a plane and uh, we became friends and, and always kind of were creatively talking about different ventures. And that was the same thing that was going on, you know, with my relationship with Carol Vasiliadis, who's our other partner of 1111. And uh, I've worked with her and her company, her real estate company. So I think all of these different people came into my life at a time when I was also looking to do something again, another entrepreneurial venture. And fortunately, the connections between the three of us um, brought us to Napa and we bought a property and remodeled a house. And on that house um, property is a three and a half acre vineyard. And this vineyard is what spurred us to towards wine business versus continuing more towards the real estate business. So before we really dive into everything 1111, I have to ask, being an entrepreneur is not an easy task. And you've done it more than once uh, as far as having, you know, several mm-hmm. different companies. What do you like most about it? I like the unknown. I like that there's opportunity for growth and learning and I'm not afraid of it. I it's not something that I'm saying that I'm not fearful of things or but I like the uncovering of things and and I really do like the creativity piece of it. You know, at the end of the day, I do still root everything in process and discipline, foundational planning, all of the things that corporate America taught me, I do truly respect and value all of the different elements of business and seeing them all come together is something to me that's really fascinating. Well, and you have all that great experience that you're able to apply finance, business planning, management. I mean, those are all great skill sets to be able to apply to any business that you're starting. So that's probably why you've been so successful. Yeah, I think it's it's a combination of of the business knowledge that I've had from the people that I've worked with, but it's also the people here in Napa with respect to going into the wine business um, that have been so open and willing to share knowledge. Uh, I can start with Kirk Vengi, our winemaker, and his coaching and mentorship and his willingness to you know, take on this journey along with us, knowing that we were new and new to the valley, new to the business, but trusted our vision and what we wanted to do. And, and correspondingly, bringing in such a strong team of people. Brett Weiss, who is our director of winemaking and operations at the winery, has been with us for over six years and truly runs the operations, the custom crush facility that we do provide for other winemakers here at the winery also has been really a neat experience to see other winemakers also. So you kind of hit on a, a question I was going to ask if there was someone that had mentored you along the way, whether it's in your current capacity as a winery owner or 
in your past that you can speak to. You mentioned Kurt Vengi. You know, are there others that you can talk about? I can. You know, um, Kurt definitely, as I said, was definitely and has continued to be someone who who mentors and inspires. Paula Cornell, who's been in the Valley for a long time, has been with 1111 for a long, for since the inception, frankly, consulting us on a variety of different things with her knowledge in the Valley and growing up um, in the wine business has really helped support us. I would say in terms of outside of the wine business, Greg Creed, who is now retired CEO of Young Brands, has been somebody that I have leaned on to talk about different marketing ideas and and aspects that come to mind that gives you a fresh perspective from somebody outside of the business. But also I will say I have a solid core group of female and male ex-colleagues of mine that I do really rely on and we banter and we talk and we'll talk about over wine or, or via email. I really am lucky in that regard. That's wonderful. It also just speaks to the fact how important it is to have your peers or people in your life that you can rely on to share ideas and bounce off other ideas. Absolutely. You know, I would be remiss if I did not mention um, my my three sisters who are in variety of different industries, science and business and healthcare, and they have been really a strong, supportive role for me as I'm in this venture and and uh, there in Southern California, um, it's it's been a journey and, and, you know, life events happen and you're in the middle of starting a business. And for me, um, starting this business over the last 10 years almost now, um, I also sadly lost both my parents during that time to two different illnesses. And it's definitely a life-changing event that makes you really, truly reevaluate where you spend your time, who you spend your time with and, and, and how hard, you know, you put effort into things. Absolutely. Well, it's wonderful that you have such a great bond with your sisters and that you lean on each other. On that note, let's talk about 1111. The name, is it confusing to consumers or memorable? <laughs> it's an unusual <laughs> name. <laughs> it is. You know, when we um, first came up with it, it was something that was an ideation meeting that we had. And Carolyn, Aurelian, and I at the time said, we need something that means something beyond us, beyond our names, beyond us. You know, it needs to be something that other people gravitate to. And and many people look on their clock and see 1111 and say, make a wish. And that really resonated with all of us, that being in the moment, taking stock of the moment, and that balance of numbers and synchronicity of time really does speak to people. Our consumers have shared numerous stories of the meaning of 1111 to them and how couples text one another, how their children have been born either on the date or the time. Um, anniversaries. We have many people who have even met at 1111 and uh, have now that's been part of their story and their love story. So it's been fun um, expressing the the sentiment of 1111 beyond the wine. So it's a connection. 
Do you, I have to ask, uh, after you, after you said everything that you just said, do you mm-hmm. have like a standing event at 1111 every day? You know, we, we have tried that. And I have to tell you, it's, um, it's tricky to do because there's so much activity and so much happening. <laughs> so we, so, so I think we have kept it to be organic so that instead of forcing it, we want it to be that if you do see 1111 or it happens to you or you're visiting with someone that happened to me just yesterday in a meeting, uh, we were in on a, a zoom call and we're talking and all of a sudden I looked at the corner of my computer and I said, well, everyone take a moment. It's 1111. So we don't do anything forced. It has to happen organically. Well, I feel like if somebody's there at 11 and 11, 11, and they say something, they're entitled to a perk. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's a great, great idea. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a secret perk, although we're telling everyone. And so, but go. it'll, it'll be great. They'll all show up at 11, 11, or sh- they'll all be there. And then at 11, 11, they'll go, it's 11, 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, your winery, you mentioned that Kirk Vengi is your winemaker. You guys really focus on single vineyard wines. You source from some of the best of the best vineyards in Northern California. Some of my favorites, Dutton, Rand, Beckstoffer, just to name a few. What are some of your favorites? What's the hidden gem in your portfolio, do you think? We're really lucky. Um, We have roughly a little over 20 acres of our own land where we've been fortunate enough here in the Open All ABA to have planted Um, All of the Bordeaux varietals, which we recently just released, some single vineyard small production wines of a Malbec, Cab Franc, and a Merlot, and combined all of those with our estate Cabernet, we have just released our highest production first blend, which is called XI. And that XI Cabernet is a lot of fun. It's it's a really beautiful wine. Um, I mean, we have 14 varietals considering we have small production, less than 4,000 cases in total. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, it's been it's been a really beautiful experience to see and how all these different vineyards speak every year. Um, even right now, as we're in the middle of harvest, it's really interesting to see how each year there's no two harvests that are the same. So the hidden gem in the portfolio is the... Oh, goodness. When you say hidden gem, I mean, it's like... It's the wine that a lot of people might overlook, but but shouldn't. Mm. You know, I would say right now, most people aren't necessarily familiar with our Cab Franc that we just have released. And I, I would, that's really showing beautifully and I really, you know, appreciate that wine and what we've done with the Cap Franc that's from our estate Cabernet field. So that one I would say right now probably highlights to me. When someone comes to 1111, what can they expect? What's the experience like? So we have a great team of young men right now that are uh, hospitality ambassadors, estate ambassadors that you would be greeted with a splash of wine and a warm hello, of course. And the experiences that we have currently are an 11-11 experience. And for those that, and that does have a white and a red component to it in terms of our portfolio, 
of wine. And then if you are not a, a white wine drinker, we do have 1111 red only experience for those that want to just embrace the, the red portfolio. Um, one of the things that we love to say here, as we said, make a wish is usually what people say, but we've kind of coined our tagline to make your moment. Hmm. And with that, there is an estate experience with just highlights the estate of Okanole, ABA, and all of our single vineyard, single varietal wines. And that's another experience that we currently have. In addition to our highest level experience, which is the make your moment experience. And all of these can have a charcuterie and cheese plate pairing. We do have uh, LaBelle's chocolates that always go lovely with um, the Cabernets. And, um, and other than that, right now, I think the one thing that we're still seeing a little bit is the 1111 Connect experience, which is if you aren't able to make it to Napa, we are able to do a virtual experience with you and your loved ones or those across the country. Something that 2020 taught us, right? Absolutely. We had to be nimble, nimble and creative. Top moment of your career so far, what would it be? Oh, wow, that's a great question top moment. Maybe you have more than one. I mean, there are so many great moments along the way. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a, a certain highlighted personal achievement as much as it is the journey along meeting the people that I have met and those people being such strong type A go-getters that have pushed me along the way. Um, one of the things that culminates most recently for me as far as top moment would be the support that I've seen from all areas that I've touched along my career and all the people that I've met and how they have come up to Napa or connected to support 1111. And, and that to me, just that unconditional you know, support from people that you just, you don't see every day, you don't talk to every day, but they're part of, they're part of my my life. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Okay, now we're going to talk about your personal life. We're going to go back in time for a second. As you mentioned, you grew up in Nebraska. You are a farm girl. You learned a lot. Now you're back in the country, so to speak, in the mm -hmm. Napa Valley. What do you like most about living in the Napa Valley? What's what's the best part? Well, the people are, number one, um, fantastic, welcoming, friendly. I think from an overall environment standpoint, the, the, just the environment, having, the nat having nature and having um, clean air, the birds. I mean, even just the other day, I was leaving to go to the gym in the morning and there was a deer running past, you know, the vineyard. So there are some really special moments of nature that really do ground me and, and do keep me very similar to where, um, where I grew up. I will say I've always been, um, well, I've been, I was raised in the country, if you will. I, I aspire to always go and be around cosmopolitan, uh, creative, and things of that nature. So that's something that's still very much in me. And you, you see that flare a bit, even at our tasting room. Well, and you're definitely a traveler. I do. I do like to travel. I do. I, I'm with starting the winery. My travels have been a little less frequent, but I, I foresee that increasing, especially now that we're 
coming out of this pandemic. But I also have, as I mentioned, a lot of you know friends across the country, and I do like to connect with them. And um, and my Southern California roots of growing up there from college on um, also are a strong place for me to go back and forth to. Do you actually live in the town of Napa? I live on the property here in Napa, and then I also have a spot down in Dana Point, which I get away to and and enjoy. Which is fabulous. Staying focused on your home in Napa, if we took a step inside it, what would we see? Does it look like a scene from the big fat Greek wedding movie? (laughs) (laughs) You are Greek, after all. (laughs) I am Greek, and that is still very much part of my heritage in my life, and it, and it comes out all the time in, in many ways. I will say that in terms of my, my lifestyle here, I'm a very practical person, so I like to have, you know, I'm close by to the winery so I can get to work fast and, and uh, stay late if I need to. Um, but in terms of, like, aesthetic, are you asking? Yes, or... yeah, what's your style? What's color scheme? Yeah, I like modern. I'm a modern girl. I, I do like, and I like the juxtaposition of if, like, for example, I've been working on the winery or in, and decorating a barn, and I think it's cool that, that it doesn't have to look like a barn or it doesn't have to look like what maybe people might expect. For me personally, I'm a little bit more on the modern side. Is there a predominant color in your home? I like the neutrals and then pops of color with pillows and art. Okay. So I wouldn't say there's a there's a predominant color. When you want to kick back and relax, what kind of music do you like to put on? Oh goodness, I can pretty much go with anything. Mm-hmm. I will say in the last few months though, I have been playing a bit of Greek music. Oh. It, it remi- <laughs> reminds me of my parents and that has like kept me grounded and it's fun it's fun too yeah i think whenever i think of greek music i just think it's an instant party (laughs) (laughs) well that is true (laughs) we need Uh, need to make a trip to, to greece yes yes for sure do you have a hobby do you collect something i'm not a big collector but i will say i i love working out and being physically fit and uh for me like even here at the winery i it was important for me to provide a gym space for the team to stay healthy and work out and also for myself but i really do enjoy that i do i love my four mile hike around the beach when i am down to dana point so that's something i truly enjoy as well is there something that you can share that people might be surprised to learn about you did you do something crazy when you were a teenager? Did you, do you skydive? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not too, nothing too crazy, I would say. I used to play volleyball in college. So I, I've always been an athlete. I played basketball in my youth and high school. And so to me, like, I would say, I know I'm in Northern California, but I have from child had always been a Laker fan. So that's something maybe people may not know about me. That is interesting. So do you go to the games even today? I used to. Mm -hmm. I I have gone. I've gone to the Warriors actually a little bit more since I've been up here, but I, I do enjoy the NBA. I do love sports. I love the idea of teamwork and the strength of people in numbers and what they can accomplish together hmm. and push each other to play better and harder. So that definitely is 
a sentiment that is that I've grown up with. Do you play on a team? Are you part of a team of in some sort of organized sport? Not currently. No. no. Right now, it's been individual. It's been individual training. I I have dabbled. I wouldn't say I currently have done it in a while, but I've done a few marathons and and some one one um, sprint triathlon. I don't oh. think I would do that again. <laughs> Well, A plus for doing it once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One and done. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You mentioned that you're a big traveler, or at least you you um, used to do a lot of traveling. It's been scaled back a tad bit since you have the winery. Can you speak to perhaps a meaningful trip that you took that you can share? I was um, tr- I was working as a consultant at the time for Volcom. And it's a surf state skate snow company in Orange County. And we went to France. We were in Biarritz, France, and we were also in in Zurich. And we were working to get their operations up and going in Europe. And that really was a fun trip, tasting some nice wines, as well as working really hard. And also getting to see some different sides of culture. That That was a really great first experience to France for me curious what might be on your bucket list i would say right now i i have not been to asia so i know that's something i would like to do one day and also i haven't uh, shockingly have never been to the islands of greece i've only been to the mainland to see family so the islands are definitely most recently on my bucket list for for next year okay well i'll bet we can make that happen there we go. <laughs> well, Ellie, so much fun chatting with you. Let's wrap things up with five quick questions. These are really lighthearted. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, the first question. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a Mercedes. Okay. Who's your favorite designer? Oh, goodness. I do love, um, I mean, I do admire Tom Ford. What's your favorite holiday? Christmas. What do you think is one of the best kept secrets in wine country other than 1111 wines? Other than 1111 wines? Oh, right. I think we are one of the best kept secrets, but you know, I think, goodness, there are so many beautiful wineries here in the Valley and the fact that there's such a diversity, even in the tasting rooms that are offered it doesn't um, have to be a winery. It just a best kept, you know, one best kept secret, a secret spot of yours. A secret spot. One of my secret spots is Bistro Don Giovanni. There you go. And last question. What's your favorite flower? I love Bougainvillea. Oh. I love that bright, bright pink. Well, Ellie, so much fun catching up with you today. I enjoyed it. I hope you did too. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to seeing you again, Michelle. Thank you again for having me. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.